I've been back and forth all morning on different messages, um, trying to decide what God wanted me to, to preach. And I believe this is what God uh, would, 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 uh, would will this morning. And we'll look at Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 8. Isaiah 6 verse 8 it says here, Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. I'll read it again. Also, this is Isaiah uh, speaking here in the Old Testament. He said, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom Shall I send? And who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word this morning. I thank you for everything you've done. I thank you for uh, the beautiful weather, the, 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 it's warm outside, the, the, the rain you've given us today. And uh, we thank you for everything you're doing. We thank you for all of us that we get to be here this morning and meet together and worship your name and, and to have a time of fellowship and, um, and, and praise and then now have a time of being challenged from your word. Lord, I ask you, please, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me the words you'd have me to say and uh, write to, to the point and nothing more, nothing less. We love you, Father. We need you this morning. Without you, this would just be another service, just another message, another Sunday. And we need your presence here uh, to, to, to work amongst us. We love you, Father. We thank you for everything. And we give you all the honor and the glory and the praise for what you do. In your name we pray. Amen. The title of the message this morning is The Voice. The Voice. In this passage, we see here the voice of the Lord. And, and in this, this passage where he calls out, and Isaiah answered that voice. And he said, I, I'm here uh, use me. Here I am, God. What, what do you want? Uh, use me. I am available. And, um, and this is what we see in this passage. In the world today, there are different voices calling. Different voices. Today, there is 8 billion people on this planet. 8 billion. We hit 8 billion uh, just a couple months, just a two, three, about three months ago. I can't remember exactly the date. Uh, but I remember the week, uh, the day that the supposedly, as, as they calculate, and obviously there's no way to know the exact figures, but as they, as they figure, uh, according, I believe, to the United Nations and then their clock and how they figure, uh, but the world hit 8 billion people late last year. And 8 billion souls here on earth that need to hear about Christ. 8 billion. Think about that. That's not 8 million. That's not 8,000. That's not 800 million. That's 8 billion. Numbers we can't even comprehend. They're so big. 8 billion people in this world. Get this. 42% of the current population of this world are unreached. 42. That is roughly 4.6 billion people that have not had at least the opportunity of one time in their life of hearing a clear gospel presentation. At least. There could be many more than that. 
4.6 billion that haven't had the opportunity yet to hear about Christ. Yet we get to be here at church every Sunday. We get to hear about God every Sunday. We, we live in a country uh, where we're blessed, we're saturated with, with, with the gospel and the word of God. And, and we're here in part of what I believe is called the Bible Belt, right? There's churches everywhere. And, uh, and not all of them obviously believe the same or preach the same or have the truth and whatnot. But the, the word of God is everywhere, saturated in this, this part of the U.S. And we, we, we just get so used to this is just normal. But outside of this area, outside of where you live today, there's at least 4.6 billion people, 42% of the world's population that is unreached. Unreached, we're using the definition unreached, a population group that is not large enough to reach its own people in one generation. 4.6 billion people that have not heard a clear gospel presentation. Uh, you don't need to turn there, uh, but we're going to look at the first number, number one. It's going to be the voice of God. The voice of God. God tells us to uh, take the message to the world. Mark uh, 16, 15 says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's a command, by the way. It's not a suggestion. That's not, well, if you feel like it, you know, live for me. If you feel like it, hand out a track. If you feel like it, be like Christ. If you, when you, that emotion comes, and we heard about emotion this morning and faith and so on, and it was a great lesson, but uh, you won't find that anywhere in Scripture. It's not there. God says, God commands, go ye, go ye into all the worlds. Go to everyone. Jesus gave us the, the, the perfect example. When Jesus was here on earth, and he was, um, uh, we heard a little bit about his coming into uh, being born of a virgin this morning and in that timeline. But when, while he was here on earth, he lived to the fullest extent of what he was uh, called to do. And, and trying to see the gospel message go forth, to see as many people as possible come to know the Savior, and you read through the Gospels, and you read this incredible story of all the things Jesus Christ did, and the places He went, and, and the miracles He performed, and His preaching, and His teaching, and, and on and on and on. You read about Calvary, and you read about the resurrection, the disciples, and Him training people, and it was all about seeing more people, more people be in heaven someday. More. More people can see that message go forth. That was the example Jesus gave. And then he, obviously Christ paid the price, the ultimate price on Calvary. And then he gives us the command. He says to go into all the world and tell everyone about this. Today, if you're a Christian, if you're a child of God, if you received that free gift of salvation that Christ paid for on the cross... If you've received that gift, uh, we are, are commanded as God's children to take that message to the world. Colossians 3, 1, you don't need to turn there either for sake of time. Uh, but it says, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. So he didn't just say go to the whole world. He said we need to live a Christ-like life. We need to live a life that is completely focused, completely centered solely on what's above, on eternity. You know, everything here in life is all going to perish. Everything. We, and we, we're very blessed. We're probably the, the most blessed nation and the most, and the most uh, uh, prosperous time in history. 
And we live in incredible experiences, incredible lives. We have so many things where God's blessed us beyond measure, way beyond what we deserve. And we're, we're very thankful for that. But God says, don't focus on that. We're to focus on what's above. And this is the voice of God. This is the voice of God that we see here. You see, God gave us his word. Part of that voice is his word. And when you study his word and you read his word, you'll see again and again and again, his entire, this entire book points to Christ. This entire book points to eternity. Everything from, from the very beginning to the end, it's all in some way or another, it's all about Christ. It's all about eternity. And, and, and this voice of God here to speaking through his word that we see here, we also have today uh, his Holy Spirit. The voice of God inside of us. If you've received Christ as your Savior, God is giving you uh, of his Holy Spirit and it's inside of you. And you know how that works? This is how that works. When you're, when you're uh, maybe you're at a gas station. This happens to me a lot. And I, I go to a lot of gas stations, okay? We put a lot of miles on our car, so we drive a lot. And, uh, uh, but maybe I, sometimes I'm at a gas station, and the, the, I, I feel a sense of a voice inside that says, give somebody or give that individual, it's an individual, it's a person behind the counter, it's maybe the person across on the next pump, give them a track. And, and I hear this little voice inside of me that is saying, give them a track. And then I respond and I say, you know what, I don't want to, or, or I'm busy, or, or it's cold and I can't, I can't wait to get back in the car, or, or what are they going to think of me, or what am I going to say? And I start making up these excuses. And here's, here's the thing. That voice is not my voice. It's not my voice. Because my flesh doesn't desire to tell people about Christ. And I guarantee you, that voice isn't Satan's voice. It's not. It's not Satan's voice. Because he don't want you to tell people about Christ either. That voice that you sense inside that we can't even describe, that's the voice of God, of his Holy Spirit saying, do that. Moving our hearts to try to do something to see the gospel message go forth. And we see the voice of God here, uh, the voice of God primarily, first and foremost, is, is speaking to us in, in multiple different ways and forms and throughout time, telling us, take the message of the gospel to the world. You know, Jesus Christ wanted to see the world uh, get this message more than any of us ever will. When you read in Scripture the life about the life of Christ, you'll see a man that was completely consumed was seeing the gospel message go forth. Completely consumed. How many of us today are consumed with seeing the gospel go forth? How many of us are consumed? Our life is, is so consumed, we can't even, we can't even, uh, hardly, you know how, remember some, for some of you, there was, it was a while back, but you remember when you were first in love? I remember uh, after my second date, I believe it was with my wife, back in 2020, and I was, I think, I can just blame it on love. I'm going to blame it. I don't know what it was, but I lost my appetite. For over a month, I had no desire to eat. I was so consumed with her. It was such an incredible thing that the, 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 the young girl that, that I, 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 I wanted to marry for over 10 years of my life that I've been trying to develop a relationship and couldn't, and it was all coming together, and I was seeing God do this, and it was, it was seeing that it was just God's perfect will and God's perfect timing, and I was so full in love with her that I lost my appetite. 
I was consumed with her. How many of us are so consumed with seeing the gospel go forth that we lose our desire for the things of this world? It doesn't happen to me very often. I'm ashamed to say it. But Jesus Christ was. He was obsessed with seeing this message go to everybody. He's willing to do whatever it took. And, and, his, and he worked hard. And it's the voice of God is what we first see, the voice of God. Number two, I move quickly here, the voice of man. The voice of man. A while back, I was in a coffee shop. And um, I was with a news reporter. And we're sitting there drinking coffee, having a conversation. And I was trying to get the conversation to spiritual things. And I, I wanted to present the gospel of this man. A man in roughly, I want to guess, his uh, mid, early to mid-40s. And um, we, had a, we had a great time together. And, in, and at some point in the conversation, I remember, I don't know exactly how I worded it, but I asked him something like this. So what do you believe spiritually? Or what, where, where are your religious beliefs aligned? You know, what would... And... Um, he said, you know what, Benjamin, I don't believe in God. And uh, he proceeded to say, Benjamin, I've spent the last, I think it was something like 10, 12 years of my life searching to see if God is actually real. I've been looking, and I haven't found anything. I, I just, I don't believe there is a God. There couldn't be. He's like, you know, the, the life I live, the things that I, I report, the things that I see, and, and then all the, the bad in this world, there's no way there could be a God. He said, you know what, Benjamin, I've gone to, and this is a, take, by the way, this is a city of over a million people we're talking about we're in. I've gone to every church in this city, is what he said. That's a lot of churches. I've gone to every church. I've gone to every religion. I don't think it's real. Here's a man that's searching. Today he's still searching. More than likely. Searching for the truth, looking. The world outside is looking. There's a voice, whether you might not hear it, you, you might not be audible, but it's a voice inside of every man that wants to know God. That wants to know, that desires to know God, to know the truth, to know the creator, the supreme creator of the universe. There's, there's something inside of every single human that knows there has to be a supreme being. There has to be a creator to this. And that wants to know him. And they don't know where to look or how to look or what to do. And, and, and so many, the vast majority, get lost in so many different beliefs and religions and different things. But there's a voice inside that is searching, that is, that is proclaiming, I want to know the truth. Here this young man wanted to know and he was searching. Romans 10, 14 says, How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear? without a preacher. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. There's a voice. Do you hear the voice of the world proclaiming? There's a voice of a child in a home where the parents are consumed with themselves. Parents have no time for this child, that child is longing for hope. Love and affection. There's a voice of a teenager today trying everything to fulfill the void they have within. It longs to have peace in their heart.
to be accepted and be valued. There's a voice of an adult that's tired of the burdens of life that does not know where to turn, what to do, where to get help. There's a voice of the one who wants to know if God even exists. There's a voice of a child that prays each night saying, God, if you're up there, help my daddy to not hurt me when he gets home. Please help him to stop going out and drinking. It's the voice of a woman that's been abused over and over and over. Seeking God's help for a way out. There's the voice of the one that's at the end of the rope and contemplates suicide because they don't see a reason to live. There's a voice. 4.6 billion people that haven't heard. It's a great voice. Hopefully you can hear a little bit of that voice today. You can even perceive there's people here in this town that are looking for the truth. These I just read, those are examples that are right here in your town. Right here. You don't have to go half across the world to find it. It's right here. There's people longing for hope, looking for help, looking for God, looking for a way out. They don't know what to do. They don't know where to turn. And what they're looking for, they're not looking for someone that says, Oh, you know, I, 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 you got to come to my church. So they're not looking for someone who says uh, do things like that. They're looking for the real deal. They're looking for people that live a Christ-like life. They're looking for something that is real. Think of this, this, this young man, this news reporter. The reason why he didn't, he didn't believe in God, he never saw somebody that was Christ-like everywhere he went. I guarantee you, if he would have saw someone that was Christ-like, he would have been pointed to Christ. God tells us if we are to live like Christ, that, that, that we, we appoint people, everyone to Him. I don't, I don't remember the passage to, to quote it this morning. I apologize. But there's a great voice of the world today. He's proclaiming. Third, and we'll close with, with this, we see the voice of hell. The voice of hell. Turn with me to Luke chapter 16, please. Luke chapter 16. We'll look at verses 19 through 28. Luke 16, 19 through 20 says here the story of the certain rich man says there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen linen and fared sumptuously every day and there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table moreover the dogs came and licked his sores and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom and the rich man also died and was buried. I'm going to pause here just a quick second interject this. By the way, this poor man that the scripture defines was a child of God because he went to heaven. This poor man was not doing right. God commands us to work. We see if you study scripture, God commands us to work. And, and he does promise us if we move forward and we take time to work and take action God will provide for our needs. 
It's promised in Scripture. And I tell you, I, I live it, and I, can, I guarantee it works. And this particular poor man was doing wrong in this case of just sitting here waiting for someone to feed him. We'll move on. Um, and in verse, 20, in verse 22, we'll start up there. And it came to pass, the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abram's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham, uh, Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and, and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abram said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now is he comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence uh, to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from hence. Then saith, then he said, the rich man here, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest would send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren that, may, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. The voice of hell. Here we see this, this rich man goes to hell and, and, and he, at first he, he begs for mercy. He begs for just a drop of water on his tongue. The torment is so... I'm, I'm going to remind you today, we don't like to think about it, but hell is a real place. A literal place. Just like we're here today, and heaven is also a real literal place where, where Christ is sitting on his throne today. It's, it's, it's a real place and that will be there for all eternity. Hell is also a real place today where this rich man is still being torment. Thousands of years later, still every single day in torment. Isaiah tells us hell hath enlarged itself. Proverbs says hell is never full. Matthew tells us it's like a furnace of fire. Jude, it's an eternal fire. Revelation, a lake of fire, a bottomless pit. Mark, a fire that never shall be quenched, where the worm dieth not. There's the voice of hell today. I believe the greatest a voice today outside the voice of God that proclaims is the voice of hell itself. You see, people in hell aren't dead. They're alive, they're alert, they can, they can feel as, as their body burns nonstop as the worm consumes them, yet they never are consumed. And they're in this continued torment and the heat. And I don't know if you've ever been burnt a little bit. Most of us probably all have in some way or another been burnt a little bit. And it's very painful. It's no fun to get burnt. And I can't even imagine your whole body being, being singed continually, and yet that pain never goes away. And yet these people remember their family members back on earth. They remember their family, and every, every single moment, I believe, they proclaim, they beg heaven, as we see in this passage. They beg God, God, maybe I can't get out of here, but please send someone to my family. Please send someone to my family. Every year, 56 million people will pass into eternity. 
every single year. Every month, 4.6 million. Every day, today, 153,000 people <clears throat> will pass into eternity. Just in the hour of this service, 6,000 people will pass into eternity. Just in this hour. Every minute, 106. Every second, 1.8 people. Every second, almost two. And I can't help but imagine if if roughly 50% of the world hasn't heard about Christ. At the very least, I know this is not even accurate. At the very least, 50%, one of two, are, are, are going to eternity in hell. And you know what? This isn't God's fault. Some of us say, well, well, if God loved the world so much, he, he would do something. You know what? God's already done his part. God's already done his He's already sacrificed his son on the cross for the world. He's done his part. He's given us his word. He's given us his Holy Spirit. And, and he, he begs every single day. He tries to get us to live a life that's devoted to him. He tries to get us to do more for the cause of Christ. He tries to get us to, to give a little bit more, to sacrifice a little bit more, to give more time, to live more of a Christ-like life, maybe to read more scripture, whatever it is, so that more people can know about Christ. And then the world is searching today. And yet at the same time, hell is proclaiming, please send somebody. And yet we can sit down and just relax and go about our lives like no big deal. Just another day. I'm just here. I'm looking forward to, you know, my next vacation, my next trip, or, or the next thing I'm going to do, or the next uh, uh, whatever I'm going to buy, or whatever it might be. And, uh, not bad things. We just live like this is all fake, like it doesn't even exist. Where we don't, we don't care. It doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't bother us. No wonder the world's going to hell today. No wonder we, we as, as Americans, we, we've gotten so soft and so, so apathetic of the things of God to where we come to church. Yeah, we have a great time and we have these beautiful facilities and thank God for them. And we, we have a time of fellowship and we, we have these great privileges and, and a wonderful, wonderful for all that. And praise God for all of that. But we lose focus of why we're really here. You see, God wants to use you no matter, no matter where you are in life, no matter what your position is, no matter what your age is, no matter how much money you do or don't have, no matter. God wants to use your life for the cause of Christ. And he can and he will if we'll only be willing to be used of God. Also, back in Isaiah 6, 8, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And whom will go for us? Do we answer that call? Do we say, do we say like Isaiah says, here am I, send me? Here am I, God, I'm dead to self. I'll sacrifice myself. I'll sacrifice what, what I want. God, what do you want? Do we really die completely to self and say, okay, it's not about me. Life isn't about me. Life is about you, God. God, you gave your life. You gave the life of your son on, on, on Calvary. You did so much for me. I get to have a home in heaven today. Praise God for that. What wonderful thing it is. And get excited about that. And because of that, I want to live a life that, that is for you, that is, that is committed to see someone else get that message. 
whether that's here in town or whether that's across the world. I guarantee you God can use you way greater way than you even think possible. I guarantee you. There's so many different ways, and we won't even get into that. So many different ways. So many, from the smallest thing, but just, just taking time in prayer and maybe handing out a gospel track, maybe going out, as Pastor mentioned, go out and knock on doors every week here and, 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 and hand someone a track and say, you know what, God loves you. If nothing else, you might know, know how to tell them a gospel presentation and tell them how they can come to know Christ. But he'd say, God loves you, and I just want to let you know that I love you too, and I want you to know the God that loves me so much that I get, I, I have a home in heaven, and I want to share that message with you, and you can give them a track where they can read that about how they can get to heaven. Every one of us here can do that. Every one of us can pray. Every one of us can give. You might not have a lot of money. It doesn't matter. God's not interested if you have a lot. God's interested if we're consumed with doing His will, not our will. Or maybe you do, and maybe you're holding it back, and you're, you're just saying, but I don't want to give. And I you know, God can take everything that He's given you and use that for the furtherance of His kingdom. So many different things. We hear the voice today, the voice, first of all, of God. Second, the voice of man. Third, the voice of hell. Hopefully, we'll heed that to that voice. I desire to heed to that voice. You know, I fail every day. You might think, oh, here's the missionary up front, and he's preaching, and he's challenging us. He probably lives a perfect life and does all these things perfectly, I guarantee you. I'm the furthest from that. I'm just a sinner just like you. I fail every single day. I, I, I preach this message. I'm preaching to myself. I need to do so much more. It's so important. We don't, we don't even grasp, I don't, I don't even know if I even grasp how important this actually is. How long eternity actually is. It's too long. Eternity is too long to be without Christ in hell. It's too long. If we'll just, and you know what? I'll say this and I'll close. God's not interested in us doing big things. God's not interested in us giving, you know, all of our possessions away for the cause of Christ. God's not interested in us going in and, and preaching to thousands of people or whatever it might be. He's not interested in that. All God wants is us to surrender our heart. Say, God, here am I. Use me. Just as Isaiah said, here am I, send me. What do you want from me, God? I'm here. And all God expects is if we die to self and say, God, here am I, and take that first little step of faith out and say, God, here am I, what do you want? And when he says, do this, it might, it's probably the simplest thing of maybe praying more, maybe be more involved here in the church, whatever it is. That's what God wants. And if we just do that each and every day, just do that, nothing else, I guarantee you, God will use your life beyond what you can even imagine is possible. Let's pray. Dearly Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Father, we need of you. I need of you. Lord, the world needs of you, and the world depends on us. This town here, they don't even realize it, but they're depending on us to take them to truth. They're depending on us to live a Christ-like life, to be a good example. 
so they can come to know you as their personal Savior. It's not about a church. It's not about uh, being Baptist. It's not about... It's, it's not about a name. or It's all about you, Father. It's all about the gospel going forward. Lord, help us to get consumed with doing your will, getting in your word, finding out what you want from us and, and fulfilling it. Lord, would you please help us so that the voice of those that are calling out will be able to hear Faith cometh by hearing, your word says, and hearing by the word of God. We love you, Lord. We thank you for everything you've done. I thank you for everything you continue to do throughout this day. We leave it all in your hands. In your name we pray. Amen. Pastor.